Our reading this morning is Luke chapter 2, verses 17 and 20, telling us the story of what happened after the shepherds had been to Bethlehem. (coughs) When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Well, that's Christmas over and done with. Out of the way for another year. I wonder, has anybody got rid of their Christmas decorations already? No? Well, I have to admit I was tempted, but I thought, I better not, I better wait a day or two. But everyone's got different traditions as to when they put up the decorations and when they pull them down. Some have them up as soon as it's December. I know our neighbours did, outside. (laughs) And some leave them up as long as they possibly could as well. There are loads of traditions we have around Christmas. But let me ask you, how was your Christmas? I hope it was a good one. I hope you had a chance at some point to consider what, why we do what we do at Christmas time. Why we celebrate the way we celebrate and what the point of it all is. Now those four verses that we heard earlier tell us how to celebrate Christmas. In fact, they tell us about different responses that people had and how they celebrated the news of Jesus. Now, in our culture, Christmas means parties and gifts and Christmas dinners, a decorated tree, last-minute shopping. And that's all fun, and there's nothing wrong with them. But they don't have anything to do with the birth of Jesus. None of us know exactly when Jesus was born. We can pretty much assume that it wasn't 25th of December, But what we do know is that celebrating Jesus coming into the world is a good thing. Now, some Christians don't like it for various reasons. It's over-commercialised, and yes, that's true. Some people say that there's too many parties with too many people getting drunk, and that's true too. But regardless of those things, we should be celebrating, because as Christians, we actually have something to celebrate. If we've chosen to follow Jesus, if we've accepted him as our saviour, then that is a brilliant reason to celebrate. And being a Christian is what should have made Christmas special for us all. Because Christmas is a world-changing event. It celebrates the fact that God sent his only son to live on earth among us because he loves us so much. And that is worth celebrating. But let's consider for a minute or two those four responses that we got in those four verses earlier on. Let's begin with the shepherds. Uh, Luke 2, 17 says, When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. We're told that the shepherds spread the word. Shepherds weren't very highly thought of at all, in fact. No one trusted them. Their word wasn't even taken as testimony in a courtroom. They were thought of as part of, on a part of conmen and the likes, and they occupied the lowest rung of the economic ladder. They had little 
or no education. And it's entirely possible that the shepherds who heard the good news of Jesus um, were illiterate. And it's quite something that God chose them to be the first to hear about it. They saw the angel and they heard the message and they went to Bethlehem and they discovered that it was true. They discovered God in human form, saviour of the world, in a feeding trough in a rough outdoor barn, perhaps a cave-type thing carved out into the hillside. The birth and the announcement just didn't seem to go together. But there it was. It was from God and it was what he had planned. On that night in Bethlehem, apart from Mary and Joseph, the shepherds were the only other people to know about baby Jesus. God hadn't spoken for what's referred to as the 400 silent years. And he chose to break that silence through angels to shepherds of all people. Now, we take these details for granted, don't we? We've heard this story told so many times. I don't think I dare ask you how many nativities you've sat through or how many Christmas sermons you've, well, post or pre-Christmas sermons you've endured or enjoyed is what I meant to say. But let's really consider the significance for this just for that moment. If God wanted the whole world to hear about this baby who's been born to save the world, then why on earth was he starting with shepherds? I'm sure it's not how we would have done it. We'd have probably gone for some king in Jerusalem, somewhere where it's busy. We'd have been a, having Jesus born to an important family where the news could be got out and where no one would question it. But a baby in a manger, I'm not really sure that's where we would have started. And telling the shepherds, I mean, really? But God's way and our way are not the same. He chose the shepherds to be the first to hear. And after their initial fear, they acted on what they'd heard. They went and found the baby, as they'd been told, and they spread the word concerning what they'd seen. I wonder how many of us would have been as quick to get up and go. I wonder how many of us, having been to see Jesus, would be as quick to tell everybody about what we'd just seen. I wonder how many people would have been willing to do that. Well, thankfully they did. They spread the word about Jesus, which is something that we can all do in one way or another. We don't need any special training or qualifications All we need is opportunities to talk to other people. And that's what we were looking at with life on the front line this whole last term. But good news is for sharing. And that's what the shepherds did. So that's the first thing that we should do too. And Luke 2, 18 says, All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I'm sure amazed is a a bit of a mild word to how people would have reacted to the shepherds' news. The story itself will have been incredible. Angels in the middle of the night finding the Son of God in a feeding trough. Well, it's important to know that there are two ways of looking at that word, amazed. The first is like a temporary fascination with something unusual that has happened. Like, I don't know, if it was to actually snow, like proper snow down here, like three foot deep, then we'd be amazed, wouldn't we? Not very happy, but we'd be amazed. It's unusual, but it's not miraculous. But the second kind of amazement we call holy wonder. It's a kind of awe that comes from seeing God at work in a way that everything 
that God does is grounds for holy wonder since everything he does has his stamp on it. Go all the way back to Genesis and he spoke and created the world. He created people. He created animals. But at Christmas, well, that's a cue for holy wonder. How can it be that God should become man? How can a king be born in a feeding trough? In fact, how can God himself be born in a feeding trough? How could the world ignore his coming? And what sort of God comes into a world like this? Amazement and Christmas kind of go hand in hand. And if you manage to get through this Christmas season without pausing to think about the wonder of it all, then I'd invite you to do that. We need to regain that lost sense of wonder, that sense of amazement. And that's the second way we should celebrate Christmas. But verse 19 says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The word treasured up has the idea of like counting things up, making a list so that you won't forget something. It's what you do at the end of a busy day when you want to make sure you don't overlook something that has happened. The word pondered, however, goes much deeper than that. It goes deeper than wondering. It means to take the events that you have had, uh, lay them out in memory, and go beneath the surface and try and figure out why they happened and what it all means. No doubt Mary's mind went back to when she was speaking with Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist. I'm sure she thought about what Angel Gabriel said to her and how Joseph responded when she told him she was pregnant. I reckon she'll have thought about the dream that Joseph had too. She must have recalled the long journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem and all the events of the birth itself, including the surprise visit from the shepherds. She had plenty to think about. No doubt she continued to wonder why God had chosen her and I'm sure she pondered what was ahead for her newborn son. And pondering, well, pondering is hard work. That's probably why most of us never get round to it. And yet this is the perfect time of the year to do it. What better time than the end of December to ponder um, what God has been teaching us? To look back over this year in your life and look at the ways in which God has been at work in your life. To think about the good things that have happened. To think about the things that we perhaps would have preferred not to have happened. But to know that whatever God was with us whatever happened, and to ponder how God has had his hand in it all. Mary pondered what God had been doing in her life, and that's something we should take the time to do too. We need to ponder what Christmas really means to us. And the other thing is, uh, in verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they'd been told. The final verse tells us that the shepherds were deeply changed by what they'd seen and what they'd experienced. What a difference a day makes. Just a day before they were looking after the sheep, then all of a sudden the angels came and completely disrupted their life. They went to find this baby and not sooner had they gone were they back overjoyed and telling people that they met on the way. They were glorifying God. And apparently the word glorify comes from the word glory, obviously, which originally meant to have an opinion. Um, Then it meant to have a good opinion and ultimately to estimate the true worth of something. 
You glorify anything that you recognize the true value of. So to say that the shepherds glorified God, well, that means that they were overwhelmed by God's power. They recognized his grace, his goodness, his wisdom, the amazing miracle of God becoming a baby. And they simply couldn't stop talking about it. And if you think about it, they didn't go and glorify God in the temple. They went back to where they'd come from. They could have gone to the religious people the day and shared the news with them. But we're told that they returned to where they had been. Back to the thankless task of looking after sheep. Back to the normal everyday stuff. And it's there where they shared the good news of Jesus. And so as Christmas ends for us, soon enough, if it hasn't already... Um, we'll pack away the decorations, we'll use the gifts that we really want and the rest will go on eBay. Those of you, I'm totally joking, I don't put them on eBay. Those of you who have children will send them back to school and life will return to normal. But the question is this, have you been changed by Christmas or will it be life as usual in 2015? For those that first Christmas, life would never, ever be the same again. Yet the work was the same but they were different. They had a new joy, a new love for God, and they expressed that in all that they did. Some people say that they wish it could be Christmas all year long. Those people really do exist. They talk about it in some sort of misty-eyed, nostalgic kind of way, as if the magic of those days only comes once a year. And you probably know well enough, know me well enough now, to realise that I'm one of those people that's quite okay with Christmas being over. I get to put the stuff away, I get to get back to life as normal, and I look forward to a new year. In fact, I really like New Year. I can think of few things worse than having December 12 months of the year. I need December to end, and I dare say we all do. And I say that because whilst it's still Christmas, we're thinking about Jesus as a baby. And we need an adult Jesus. I read something that explains this ever so well, so I'm just going to read you part of, what, part of that now. It says, For Christmas is a beautiful time of the year. In all the joyousness, it is well to reflect that Christmas comes in three levels. Let's call the first Santa Claus level. It's a level of Christmas trees and holly and of whispered secrets and colourful presents, of candlelight and rich food and warm open houses. It's carolers in the shopping malls, excited children and weary but loving parents. It's a lovely special warmth and caring and giving. And it's a level at which we eat too much and spend too much and do too much and enjoy every minute of it. We love the Santa Claus level of Christmas. But there's a higher, more beautiful level that we call the silent night level. It's the level of all our glorious Christmas carols, of that beloved familiar story. Now in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. It's a level of the crowded in and the silent holy moment in a dark stable when the Son of Man came to earth. It's the shepherds on a steep bare hill near Bethlehem, angels with their glad, glad tidings, a star in the east, wise men travelling far in search of the Holy One. How beautiful and how meaningful that is. How infinitely poorer would we be without this sacred second level of Christmas? The trouble is those two levels don't last. They can't. 
12 days of Christmas at the first level is about all most of us can stand. It's too intense, too extravagant. The tree dries out and the needles fall, the candles burn down. The beautiful wrappings go out with the trash and the carolers go up the ski slopes. The toys break and the biggest day in the store's year is exchange day, which is boxing day. Lovely and joyous. As the first two levels, first level of Christmas is, there will come a day when the mother will put away the decorations and vacuum the living room floor and think, thank goodness, that's over for another year. And even the second level, the level of baby Jesus can't last. How many times can you sing Silent Night? The angels and the shadar and the shepherd, even the silent sacred mystery of that holy night itself can't last long enough to satisfy humanity's basic need. The man who keeps Christ in the manger will in the end be disappointed and empty. No, for Christmas to last all year long, for it to grow in beauty and meaning and purpose, for it to have the power to change lives, we must celebrate it at that third level, that of the adult Christ. And it's at that level, not as an infant, that our saviour brings his gifts of lasting joy, lasting peace, lasting hope. It was the adult Christ who reached out and touched the untouchable, who loved the unlovable, who loved us all that his agony on the cross, he prayed for forgiveness for his enemies. That is the Christ, the adult Christ, who gave us the perfect example and asked us to follow him. Accepting that invitation is the only way to celebrate Christmas all year long. And that's from a guy um, called William B. Smart, and I think he's got it spot on. So here's to December being over. We celebrate this month's end because we need Christ out of the manger. We need him to be an adult. As a baby, he's not enough to save us or help us. We need his life. We need his parables. We need his example. We need his teaching. We need his miracles. And most importantly and significantly, we need his sacrifice, his death and his resurrection. We need an adult Christ all year long. So in the light of that, how should we celebrate Christmas now that Christmas is past? Well, we can still follow what the shepherds did. We can still proclaim the good news and tell everybody about this good thing that has happened. We can wonder at God's amazing plan and ponder his involvement in our lives. We can ponder all that he has done in and through us and how he can never leave us. And we can glorify God in our daily lives. So don't lose that joy and amazement, but take it back to where you came from. Back to the office, back to the classroom, back to the neighbourhood, back to your everyday ordinary lives. But as you do, don't forget to take Christ out of the manger, because it's when we've met with the risen Jesus, it's then that we will be profoundly changed. And it's only then that Christmas will be something that lasts all year long and throughout our lives. Amen.